0: Back to Basics, a complete Back to basic program, recorded live during the Back to Basics study, by Tim B. Okay, my name is Tim, and I am an alcoholic. Hi, Tim. Welcome to week two of our 12-week um, step study. We are on week, uh, we are on step two, and uh, last week we did uh, the uh, step one, which uh, relates uh, to powerlessness and unmanageability. And I think uh, there'll be a couple little comments tonight which will circle us back to that. Tonight we are on page 44. We agnostics. What does agnostic mean? Without knowledge. So we're talking about someone who would be without knowledge of a higher power, of a God. Page 44. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. When did we do that? We actually did that last week. We jumped ahead to 44, right? Here's the definition between an alcoholic and a non-alcoholic. If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, that means quit and stay quit. Or if when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you are probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. To one who feels he is an atheist, does not believe in God, has made that definitive statement, or agnostic, meaning without knowledge of God, such an experience seems impossible, but to continue as he is means disaster, especially especially if he is an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. To be doomed an alcoholic death or to live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. So that means choices. Do I I continue as I'm going and just ride this train to crash at the end, jails, institutions, or death? Or do I switch over to a spiritual basis for my life? Gee, I don't know. Next sentence. But it isn't so difficult. About half our original fellowship were of exactly that type. At first, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope. We were not true alcoholics. But after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else, or else what? It's a progressive disease and ultimately fatal, right? If if you're not put in an institution and locked up where you can't get access, right? The only other alternative is is that it's gonna be fatal. It's progressive, right? Perhaps it is going to be that way with you, but cheer up, something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostics. Key word, thought. When we get later on into the chapter, we're going to see why the big book authors say everyone is on a spiritual journey, irrespective of what you currently say. Our experience shows you need not be disconcerted. If a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many of us would have recovered long ago. But we found that such codes and philosophies did not save us, no matter how much we tried. We could wish to be moral. We could wish to be philosophically comforted. In fact, we could will these things with all our might, but the needed power wasn't there. So we saw that last week, we're powerless, So self-will will will not fix the issue. We are beyond human aid. So determination is not going to work in this part of our life. Our human resources as marshaled by the will, determination, were not sufficient. They failed utterly, not sometimes, utterly, all the time. So let's look. What was step one? Lack of power, that was our dilemma, right? So once we've decided that, what do we got to do? We got to find the power. We had to find a power by which we could live and it had to be a power, capital P, mean, now we're talking spiritual, right? We're talking God here, greater than ourselves. So you can't be the God. If you're agnostic or atheist, cool, we can work with that. If you think you're God, We can't work with that. We gotta get past that somehow. But where and how are we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Singular, right? So once we find the power and it solves our problem, what does the power then do? Solves our problems solves all our problems. You first have to solve the problem to then be in the game for that same power to solve all your problems. You'll see it later on in the text, right? That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we're going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. But his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. He only thought. So we're going to see later on that we're all on a spiritual th- journey. So if you're just ignoring, I, there is no spirit. I, you, you're ignoring it. You only thinking you evaded it. It's going to come up. And it's particularly is going to come up with someone who's an addict or an alcoholic, because that implies at some point you're going to have a bottom. You're going to have a gift of desperation where the channel is going to open up and you're going to have a choice of whether to get on board or not we know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him and with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate, only thought it was inadequate with that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We only thought we abandoned the God idea entirely. That's another way to read that sentence, right? We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence, we hear that in the rooms once in a while. Well, you, you believe in God, but do you trust in God? Faith and dependence. There's the line right there. So faith is philosophical, it's conversational. Yeah, yeah, I have faith, I have faith, yeah, terrific. When you say dependence, also you could say trust. When you say that, you have to prove it, it's an, it's an action. It's something tangible, you have to say, these are the three things I do which prove I trust in my higher power. It's not a conversation, it's not philosophical. Faith, yes. Yes. Well, uh, I'd go so far as to say, uh, I would say from four through nine would be trusting. And then you get then into the zone of 10, 11, and 12, living your life in 10, 11, and 12, which would be trusting in God, dependence upon a God. Because you're doing for others, keeping your channel open in 10 and 11, doing for others in 12 to keep the spirit, the, the correct flow let me just read that sentence again. I, but we, were, we were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power, capital P, God, beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. We looked upon this world of warring individuals, warring theolo- theological systems, and inexplicable <clears throat> calamity with deep skepticism. We looked askance, suspicious, right? That's the definition. We looked askance at many individuals who claimed to be godly, small g. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend the supreme being anyhow? Yet, in other moments, we found ourselves thinking when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder. But it was fleeting and soon lost. So this commonly happens to people. They get this feeling. It's like, oh my God, I feel brotherly love. I'm one with everything. Look at the majesty, majesty. And then you, 15 minutes or later, you go back into selfish, self-centered behavior. Right? One is, I, we are all the same. I, whatever you need, I can give you. It's unlimited energy, right? To do for others and we go into, you know what? Uh, that guy got the promotion. He got 30 grand more than me. I ate him all, right? Selfish, self-centered. But when we were looking at the majesty, there, we, we were one, we were all one. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice, and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commence to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. So here it's telling us that willingness is the key to the door, right? If you already If you already believe in a power greater than yourself, fine. But if you're talking to agnostics and atheists here, it's saying that as long as you have an open mind, which then transfers uh, into being willing to believe. In other words, you can make the choice. You can make the choice to get on this train or not. You can fight it. You can resist it. But if you do, then you're not being willing and the thing's not going to work. You can make the choice to start the the process. So that's what we see here. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. All we have to do is be willing that that's a true statement. Much to our relief, we discovered that we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to affect a contact with him, capital H, as soon as we admitted the possible existence of a, possible, which it's it's possible that it could happen, right? That, that it's true. <clears throat> as soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe, underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of, power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. So it only begins with two, but if you stay in two, you don't get the result. You have provided, you will get the power and the direction, provided you take other simple steps. What are the other simple steps? The other 10, okay. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of the spirit of spirit is broad, roomy, all inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It is open, we believe, to all men. When therefore we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies to two other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth, to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. So it's saying, as long as you can honestly say to yourself, what do these terms, what do these uh, this imagery mean to me? That's all you need to commence the spiritual growth. And that will lead to your first conscious relation with God or higher power, whatever word you want to use, right? As you understand him. And then that's a domino effect, which then it, you will find yourself accepting many things, which then seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth. <clears throat> but if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception, however limited it was. So people constantly saying, so where's step two in the big book? Here's step two. We needed to ask ourselves, but one short question. Here's the question, do I now believe, or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? That is a sponsor asking a sponsee the question. So as long as they've gotten uh, uh, this preliminary information, we're gonna, we're gonna get more, we're gonna read to the end of the chapter, we're gonna come back, we're gonna ask this question to the group. You can do it that way right out of the big book, or you can do it right off of the shade. Where's the shade printed in the book? 50, 59, right? So you could just say, you can change that um, uh, declarative statement into a question. We'll do it both ways later on. As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he is on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone A wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. Note, and we look at the bottom of the page and it just says, please read appendix two on spiritual experience. That's page uh, 567. And uh, basically it it, uh, makes the uh, um, uh, 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 definition between a spiritual awakening and a spiritual experience. A spiritual awakening happens over a period of time, educational variety, longer version, or spiritual experience, white light. It just bowls you over. That was great news to us, for we had assumed we could not make use of spiritual principles unless we accepted many things on faith, which seemed difficult to believe. So it's saying that many people believe that they can't uh, see themselves as someone who has come to believe on just small little pieces of this step. The idea is, is you only need small little pieces of the step the willingness, open-mindedness. Don't be close-minded on it, be open to the idea. Even if you don't feel as though the God idea has been proven to you, let that go. Be willing to accept that it could be true. When people presented us with spiritual approaches, how frequently did we all say, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if I could only believe as he believes but I cannot accept as surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him. So it is comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. What's the simpler level? 51. Willingness. I'm open to the idea, right? Besides a seeming inability, it only appears as though you're unable. It only appears as that you have inability, besides a seeming inability to accept much on faith, which is, what is that saying? You can simply make the choice. A decision is the difference between starting or not. Besides a seeming inability to accept much on faith, we often found ourselves handicapped by... Obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. these are Those are all examples of closed-mindedness. Many of us have been so touchy that even casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism, so that, to be hostile towards it, right? This sort of thinking had to be abandoned, must be abandoned. So closed-minded is a must be abandoned. Though some of us resisted, we found no great difficulty in casting aside such feelings. Why? Faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we had tried to be on other questions. Why? In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader How? It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. The spouse left, fired from my job. The judge says, you know, uh, rehab number four, kicked out of outpatient. It beats us into a state of reasonableness that we're now willing to get on board Sometimes this was a tedious process, (laughs) right? Rehab seven, uh, yes, that's a tedious process, (laughs) right? Sometimes this was a tedious process. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were, uh, meaning resist as long as some of us, right? Prejudiced, resist. The reader may still ask why he should believe in a power, capital P, greater than himself. We think there are good reasons. Let us have a look at some of them. The practical individual of today is a stickler for facts and results. Nevertheless, the 20th century century readily accepts theories of all kinds, provided they are firmly grounded in fact. We have numerous theories, for example, about electricity. Everybody believes them without a rumor of doubt. Like, I have no idea the way electricity works, but somebody tells me the way it works and that if I do that, that go- I accept it. I'm completely open-minded to it. I don't need to figure it out. Why this ready acceptance? Simply because it is impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without a reasonable assumption as a starting point. So when the scientist tells me how this electrical thing works in this room, I have a, I come to the whole thing with a reasonable assumption that it's true. I'm not resisting it. I am open-minded to what they tell me. Is it because a scientist telling you because you can see that works? I think it becomes both. I think it becomes it's someone with knowledge, the scientist. Someone with knowledge that I don't resist their, their belief. Okay. I don't resist their, um, um, their belief. They're, they're, they're 100% sure that this is the way it works. I don't need to now figure it all out. I can, I can believe what they believe. Okay. Everybody nowadays believes in scores of assumptions for which there is good evidence but no perfect visual proof and does not science demonstrate that visual proof is the weakest proof. It is being constantly revealed as mankind studies the material world that outward appearances are not inward reality at all. To illustrate, The prosaic steel girder, the ordinary steel girder, the prosaic steel girder is a mass of electrons whirling around with each other at incredible speed. These tiny bodies are governed by precise laws, and these laws hold true throughout the material world. Science tells us so. We have no reason to doubt it. When, however, the perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all-powerful, capitals, right? So we know they're talking about God, is an all-powerful, guiding, creative intelligence. Right there, our perverse streak comes to the surface and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. So perverse streak is our stubborn streak, right? We read wordy books and indulge in windy arguments, thinking we believe this universe needs no God to explain it. Were our contentions true, it would follow that life originated out of nothing, means nothing and proceeds nowhere. Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God's ever advancing creation, We agnostics and atheists chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word. They choose it. So that means if you choose it, you can choose the opposite. The alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end of all, rather vain of us, wasn't it? We who have traveled this dubious path, beg you to lay aside prejudice, even against organized religion. We have learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have, have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races, colors and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. Instead, we looked at the human defects of these people and sometimes use their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. We talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. We missed the reality that the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. In our personal stories, that's all the stories in the back of the book, right? They're all, uh, they're all in the back of the book, 42 of them. In our personal stories, you will find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. Whether we agree with a particular approach or conception seems to make little difference. Experience has taught us that these are matters about which for our purpose, we need not be worried. They are questions for each individual to settle for himself. On one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one, 100%, every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. That does not say that everyone in those stories believes in a deity. It did not say that. A, a power as they choose to define it, greater than themselves. This power has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. A celebrated American statement put it. Let's look at the record. Here are thousands, so in other words, the big book authors are saying, let's look at the facts behind this. Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. They flatly declare that since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude toward that power and to do certain simple things, there has been a revolutionary change in the way of living and thinking. So let's break down that sentence for a second. They flatly declare that since they have come to believe, step two, in a power greater than themselves, here's step three, to take a certain attitude toward that power and to do, here's steps four through 12, certain simple things. There has been a revolutionary change in the way of living and thinking. In the face of collapse and despair, there's your bottom gift of desperation, our greatest asset. Ultimately, when we when we get sober and we're like really working this thing and we're feeling the power, what we're what we how we get here becomes our greatest asset. It's the thing that opened the door that gave us a new way of looking at the world. It's the psychic change of going from. What can I get out of life, self or self-centered, to what I can give to life? What can I pack into the stream of life? What do you need rather than what do I need? And in giving, you receive, it's a paradox. Um, in the face of collapse and despair, in the face of total failure of their human resources, so that, that's all, that's unmanageability. That's all their attempt to fix the problem. So I'm gonna use determination. I'm gonna use an app on the phone that's gonna get me success, right? They found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. So they accessed the power because they were in the face of collapse and despair, and in the face of total failure of their human resources, they realized that they were powerless. That opens, that starts the game. And then once they're willing to, to, to believe, they will then be ready to receive the power. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. It's the steps. Once confused and baffled by the seeming futility of existence, it only appears as though existence has, is, is, is futile. It only appears that way. <coughs> and without the psychic change, it looks that way. They show the underlying reasons why they were making heavy going of life, leaving aside the drink question. They tell why living was so unsatisfactory. They show how the change came over them. This is the personal stories. When many hundreds of people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. So why should we do these things? Because that we have people that are saying it is now the most important fact in their life. It's not the checking account numbers. It's not the position. It's not whether you got married or you didn't get married, four kids, two kids. It's not. That's secondary and maybe tertiary. This world of ours has made more material progress in the last century than in all the millenniums which went before. Almost everyone knows the reason. Students of ancient history tell us that the intellect of men in those days was equal to the best of today. Yet in ancient times, material progress was painfully slow. The spirit of modern scientific inquiry, research and invention was almost unknown. In the realm of the material, men's minds were fettered with by superstition, tradition, and all sorts of fixed ideas, closed mindedness. Uh, I think you could also stick the word fear in there also, because I also believe that sometimes people don't want to discuss this spiritual terms because of fear. Some of the contemporaries of Columbus thought around earth preposterous. Others came near putting Galileo to death for his astronomical heresies. We asked ourselves: this, are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as were the ancients about the realm of the material? Great question. Even in the present century, American newspapers were afraid, there's fear, right? American newspapers were afraid to print an account of the Wright brothers' first successful flight at Kitty Hawk. Had not all efforts at flight failed before? Did not Professor Langley's flying machine go to the bottom of the Potomac River? Was it not true that the best mathematical minds had proved man could never fly? Had not people said, God had reserved this privilege to the birds. Only 30 years later, the conquest of the air was almost an old story and the airplane and airplane travel was in full swing. But in most fields, our generation has witnessed complete liberation of our of our thinking. Show any longshoreman a Sunday supplement describing our proposal to explore the moon by means of a rocket, and he will say, I bet they'll do it, maybe not so long either, is not our age characterized by the ease with which we discard old ideas for new. By the complete readiness with which we throw away the theory or gadget which does not work for something new, which does. We had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply to our human problems this same readiness to change our point of view. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were a prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Was not a basic solution to these bedevilments more important than whether we should see newsreels of lunar flight? Of course it was. In other words, the point there is saying, you don't, don't, don't look for proof, visual proof. Look to the people that are around you that say it's true. You don't need to see a newsreel and call that fact. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work but the God idea did. The Wright brothers almost childish faith that they could build a machine which would fly was the mainspring of their accomplishment. Their open-mindedness, their willingness to believe that they could do it is how they got it. They could have never have gotten it if said, you know, we can't fly. Without that, nothing could have happened. With agnostic and atheists, we agnostics and atheists, we're sticking to the idea that self-sufficiency would solve our problem. Selfish, self-centered, right? Self-sufficiency would solve our problems. And we know you, that they can't. When others showed us that God-sufficiency, dependence upon a higher power, worked with them, we began to feel like those who insisted the rights would never fly, close-minded. Logic is great stuff, we liked it, we still like it. It is not by chance we were given the power to reason, to examine the evidence of our senses, and to draw conclusions. That is, is one of man's magnificent attributes we agnostically inclined, without knowledge, we agnostically inclined would not feel satisfied with a proposal which does not lend itself to reasonable approach and interpretation. Hence, we are at pains to tell why we think our present faith is reasonable, why we think it is more sane and logical to believe than not to believe. Why we say our former thinking was soft and mushy when we threw up our hands in doubt and said we don't know—that's what an agnostic would say. I don't know. When we became alcoholics, this is how this is how people that were agnostics switch. When we became alcoholics, crushed by a self-imposed crisis, selfish, self-centered, self-imposed crisis. We could not postpone or evade. words, we were forced into it. We had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God is everything or else he is nothing. God either is or he isn't. What was our choice to be? You can make that decision right now in this seat. Arriving at this point, we were squarely confronted with the question of faith. We couldn't duck the issue. Some of us had already walked far over the bridge of reason toward the desired shore shore of faith. So this is where I believe the big book authors are telling us everybody's on a spiritual journey. Regardless of what you say, everybody is on the bridge of reason. Depends on where you are, on the bridge, beginning, middle, or end, but the desired shore is to step off the bridge of reason into the bridge of the spirit. So you can be trying to figure that this could be a head thing. You can be trying to figure this out. That puts you on the bridge of reason. That puts you on a spiritual journey, even though you think you're not. That's what the big book is saying. Watch how he keeps going with it. The the outlines and the promise of the new land had brought luster to tired eyes and fresh courage to flagging spirits. Friendly hands had stretched out in welcome. We were grateful that reason had brought us so far but somehow we couldn't quite step ashore. Perhaps we had been leaning too heavily on reason that last mile and we did not like to lose our support. Why? Fear. That was natural, but let us think a little more closely without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith. You're on a spiritual journey the whole time. For did not, did we not believe in our own reasoning? Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? What was that but a sort of faith? Yes, we had been faithful, abjectly faithful to the God of of reason. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. But everybody. We found too, that we had been worshipers. What a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring on. Had we not variously worshiped people, sentiment, things, money and ourselves, and then with a better motive, had we not worshiped fully beheld the sunset, the sea, or a flower. See the way we go back and forth? It's all me, I can do it, don't worry about it. Wow, look at the sun. You know, we go back and forth between majesty and I, I am, I'm a badass, right? Back, and back. Who of us had not loved something or somebody? How much did these feelings, these loves, these worships have to do with pure reason? Little or nothing we saw at last. Were not these things the tissue out of which our lives were constructed? Did not these feelings, after all, determine the course of our existence? It was impossible to say we had no capacity for faith or love or worship. In one form or another, we had been living by faith and little else. Imagine life without faith. Were nothing left but pure reason, it wouldn't be life, but we believed in life, of course we did. We could not prove life in the sense that we could prove a straight line is the shortest distance between two points, yet there it was. Could we still say the whole thing was nothing but a mass of electrons created out of nothing, meaning nothing, whirling on to a destiny of nothingness? Of course we couldn't. The electrons themselves seemed more intelligent than that. At least so the chemists said. Hence, we saw that reason isn't everything. Ne- Neither is reason, as most of us use it, entirely dependable, though it, em- though it emanate from our best minds. What about people who proved that man could never fly? Yet, we had been seeing another kind of flight, of spiritual liberation from this world. People who rose above their problems. They said God made these things possible. And we only smiled. We had seen spiritual release, but like to tell ourselves it wasn't true. Actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep. Here it is, uh, triple underlined. Actually, we were fooling ourselves for deep down in every man, woman and child is the fundamental idea of God. That says all to me, right? It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other, it is there. For faith in a power greater than ourselves and the miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was as much a fact as we were. We found the great reality deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It's an inside job, it's an inside job. It was so with us. We can only clear the ground a bit. If our testimony helps sweep away any away prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently within yourself, then if you wish, you can choose. If you wish, you can join us on the broad highway. With this attitude, you cannot fail. 100% successful. With this attitude, you cannot fail. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. In this book, you will read the experience of a man who thought he was an atheist. His story is so interesting that some of it should be told now. His change of heart was dramatic, convincing, and moving. Our friend was a minister's son. He attended church school where he became rebellious at what he thought an overdose of religious education. For years thereafter, he was dogged by trouble and frustration, business failure, insanity, fatal illness, suicide. These calamities in his immediate family embittered and depressed him. Post-war disillusionment, ever more serious alcoholism, impending mental and physical collapse brought him to the point of self-destruction, suicide. One night when confined in a hospital, he was approached by an alcoholic, another alcoholic who had known a spiritual experience. So an alcoholic who had the experience through this process visits him. Our friend's gorge rose to, as he bitterly cried out, if there is a God, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. But later alone in his room, he asked himself this question. Is it possible that all the religious people I have ever known are wrong? While pondering the answer, that's almost a prayer, and then the pondering the answer would be meditation. Intuitively listening to what the answer is. While pondering the answer, he felt as though he lived in hell. Then, like a thunderbolt, a great thought came to him. It crowded out all else. Who are you to say there is no God? This man recounts that he tumbled out of bed to his knees. In a few seconds, he was overwhelmed by a conviction of the presence of God. It poured over and through him with the certainty and a majesty of a great tide at flood. The barriers he had built through the years were swept away. He stood in the presence of infinite power and love. He stepped from bridge to shore. For the first time he lived in conscious companionship with his creator. Thus was our friend's cornerstone fixed in place. That's actually him taking step three, right? When he jumped to his knees, he was ready for three. Right, he was already willing, the willing was getting him out of bed. He, he, he believed that that second, when he was on his knees, he surrendered to the power. His alcoholic problem was, uh, no. sorry, thus our friend's cornerstone fixed in, pla- fixed in place. No later vicissitude has shaken it. His alcoholic problem was taken away that very night years ago. It disappeared save for a few brief moments of temptation. The thought of drink has never returned. And at such times, a great revulsion has risen up in him. Seemingly, he could not drink even if he would. God has restored his sanity. So when we say recovered, what are we saying? We have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. So he's saying here that he has healed. What is this but a miracle of healing? Yet its elements are simple. Circumstances, the bottom, gift of desperation. Circumstances made him willing to believe. He humbly offered himself to his maker. Then he knew, that's step three. Humbly he offered himself to God. Do with me what you want. Then he knew, not only did he believe, he then felt. It became tangible then. Even so has God restored us all to our right minds. To this man, the revelation was sudden. Some of us grow into it more slowly, but he has come to all who have honestly sought him. When we draw near to him, he disclosed himself to us. So we're going to stop there tonight, but we're going to take step two. Uh, I'll tell you in a second. I have to check my notes. Okay, so um, as I said before, you can do step two right off of the shade here and you can just say, have you come to believe that there is a power greater than yourself that could restore you to sanity? Yes. Or you can go right from the big book Page 47, second paragraph, second line. Do you now believe, or are you Ill, even willing to believe that there is a power greater than yourself? Yes. Well, congratulations, you just took step two.